to the Concept Media Podcast. Movies, music, and so much more. With your hosts, Ryan Stacy and Sean Burkett. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Concept Media Podcast. I'm Ryan Stacy, And I am Sean Burkett. And uh, Sean, episode three. Episode three. Three is my favorite number. Power of three, which reminds me of something we'll be talking about here in a little bit. This is a special-ish episode because Sean and I are just back from Horror Hound Weekend 2018 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Had kind of a bit of fun today, didn't you, Deshaun? I did. Yeah. I did. It was a nice new venue. And, you know, we'll get it, we'll get to that. Um, so, Sean, what's been up with you, sir? Other than your beef um, jerky. Yeah, I'm eating beef jerky right now because I'm fucking hungry. Um, you know, stuff. Stuff? Stuff and things. I think you've announced something since the last time we recorded. Yeah. You did? What'd you do? Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Um, uh, yeah, uh, my next film will be titled Stranded, and uh, it will be about a Sasquatch. Awesome. <laughs> it sounds so comical to say out loud. I'm not going to lie. That was the first time I've said that out loud, and I just kind of giggled all the way through it. You didn't seem very enthusiastic. Like, and it's about a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> right, like... <laughs> I mean, can we talk a little bit about that? I mean, sure, I guess. Because I do think it's interesting, the spin that you're putting on it, like with the whole, you have a very small cast. It's a microcast. Yes, thankfully. Yes. But, I mean, I guess there's pros and cons to having a microcast. You prefer to work small. Right. I enjoy character-driven pieces, so I love characters upon characters. Right. But I like the idea of it being two people and a Bigfoot, two women, right? Two ladies mm-hmm. and a Bigfoot, and that's it. Yep. And so it's just like maybe almost 90 minutes of ladies versus squatches. <laughs> right? I mean, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. 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 I mean, I, th- I just think your premise sounds neat. I mean, there's backstory and whatnot, but yeah. who cares about that? Yeah. Cheyenne. But you can't be talking about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Cheyenne if you're listening <laughs> He's not You're right Bitch Okay so um, you announced Stranded Which is really exciting um, You're going about this in a completely Different sort of approach As to getting this film made as a you know Compared to what we normally do Which is the crowdfunding route You are avoiding that or hoping to Fingers crossed um, I mean, I'm definitely going to avoid any type of uh, crowdfunding platform like Indiegogo or Kickstarter, all of those. Like, if, if we do any type of fundraising, it's going to be a more of along the lines of something right off of our website. That way like buying a specific item? Will yeah, exactly. Kind of like, like a pre-order. Yeah, except essentially. we're going to, I mean, there's going to, at the moment, I've thought about three different levels of packages. Yeah, packages, and one includes like, um, like a cast of a a, a foot, like a big foot. Well, I hope you're casting that in something very light. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's why. Like, I I plan on doing uh, that that uh, chemical liquid pa- plastic. I do like love just playing a shell, with that. like a shell. Yeah, 
because um, it's durable mm-hmm. and it's, it's you light. Know, it's yeah, it's not heavy, so it's not going to cost like thirty dollars to ship it. As opposed to like sending like a plaster cast right, of foot. <laughs> right. Like we're we not took this out that. of the ground. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's cool. Oh, maybe you could like trim off a little bit of the squatch suit and give people like hairs from the animal. Right. Yeah. Girls will be making weaves and shit out of your Sasquatch. Merkins. (laughs) Kids, if you don't know what a merkin is, Google it. Right. Uh, So you announced that. um, We we have some really fun things kind of in the works Mm -hmm. up through the next year. I mean, um, I'm comfortable talking about what I'm working on feature wise. It's not a formal announcement, I suppose, but what I hope to be pursuing as far as features go. And that's my film starlets. Yeah. Which is, uh, a black and white horror film set in the 1940s golden age of Hollywood. And it's all these different, um, archetypes of all these actors that we, you know, know from the cinema, then, you know, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford like I kind of feel like we've had this discussion before about how I need to do films that kind of showcase my gayness and I just feel that like this is kind of one because I mean gays love the golden age of Hollywood we do we love those divas and the glamour and the glitz and I love as you can see in some of my films I love bloodying glamour up i love making things pretty and then fucking them up and kids let me tell you when uncle ryan gets feisty he's got a whole box of wigs mm-hmm. and okay. uh yeah he'll just he'll doll himself up and kind of walk around the house sometimes <laughs> what was the last time i did that it was like right before we started shooting she burns hmm. <laughs> Because you were just into it. You were like, this is what, it was before you handed the wigs over to JJ. Yeah. I think you were like, this is my one last time with them before With the mane. With, with Tommy's hair, yeah. Right. Because that was my favorite wig. That was the closest I was going to get to having hair like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm kind of working on. I, I, I have goals as far as when we'd like to shoot and things, but obviously something... Like Stranded. Stranded is smaller, scaled, but both are just already kind of showing that it's going to take an incredible amount of planning and development on our ends. And kind of at a level we've not really messed with before. So I'm looking forward to that and seeing what comes from that. And then, yes, next month we're wrapping She Burns in Hell. We're going to finally get Carrie done. And uh, I'm really excited about that. So... Let's move on and talk about our day today. Well, we well, uh, well I, I, wait. we've completely forgot about something. What's that? Select cuts. Oh, yes. Select cuts. Now I want steak. I've got beef jerky. <laughs> what <laughs> are select cuts, Sean? Well, select cuts, myself and Ryan, we sat down and... I don't... I can't really describe it from, from your point of view, but I know... Like sometimes for me, like I, I love filmmaking, but there comes to a point where I mean it is a job, mm-hmm. but there comes a point I feel to where for me personally it starts to feel like a job. 
But what's wrong with that? Well, it just it just a tiny bit takes some fun aspects out of it to where it's like fun cuts or select cuts, <laughs> fun cuts, select cuts allows not only us, but other filmmakers to just have fun, like get back to like when we first started out, it was a horrible process, but we had fun doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we learned a lot of things by doing that. So it's like, I don't want, uh, I feel select cuts is one of those things to where, you know, concept media, we've been hitting just all aspects of the hardness with all of our films from the beginning to now. It's like, and we've, we've built like a status, like people know about concept media. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we want something to where, you know, we can just have fun. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be, um, as serious toned. It doesn't have to meet like the expectations that I feel people have (laughs) for where concept media is. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're marketing it. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's gory. It's bloody. It's campy. It's the killbillies. (laughs) (laughs) which is the first is that the first release yeah that that's gonna be our first release under the killer cuts label or select Select cuts Cuts. we can't even get our shit straight we've had a long day yes (laughs) um yes that's gonna be our first release under select cuts is tory jones's kill billies which i want to say he said he filmed it in 2012 really um and i mean was that his first film I believe that was his first feature. Okay. How did he get Ed Sheeran? Um, <laughs> blonde Ed Sheeran. Right. Tori Jones in this film does kind of look like he Ed does. Sheeran. Um, but And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just when you showed me that one still. Right. You're like, it's Tori. I was like, no, that's oh, Ed I, Sheeran. I freaked out. Like, I stopped and I was like, <sighs> <laughs> look at this look at this what are those <laughs> right and <clears throat> so yeah it, it took some convincing um but i've basically recut the film recolored added some score and sound effects and kind of and new credits and yeah new credits and everything so it's it's a brand new film but it doesn't matter because nobody ever saw it in the first point. Like, well, I think that's what's neat about choosing to do select cuts. Like you said, it is getting back to the more, um, I guess, like lighthearted roots of indie right. filmmaking. But it also gives other indie filmmakers that we know and have come into contact with over the years a place to put earlier projects or something that they're working on that just does not actually kind of fit Right. This whole like distribution race that we're all doing. Exactly. And it's like, you know, um, we haven't put imagery out for this, but we will pretty soon. But our second release is going to be Barracuda by Mac Brewer. And that's his, that's his first film. He's never made a film before. I'm so proud of Mac. So it's like, you know, we're, we're offering, like, if you've never made a film and you're going to try to make a film, you know, it's all about, it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. It all is. And it's like, 
I don't know. I mean, we still get comments about Midsummer Nightmares. Like, you know, the, the story and everything's great. You know, the audio kind of sucked. <laughs> but it's like we were learning. Like, well, like you made a comment, you know, with Midsummer Nightmares, Sean. And I didn't, I guess I didn't realize it until you had pointed it out. It really was just me and you doing everything then. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had people helping like with effects and things like that. But to the core, you and I were running that fucking production. Oh, just yeah. the two of us. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know we needed things like ADs. And no, no. We were like, fuck this. We got it. It's cool. Shit. I didn't have an AD until don't fuck in the woods. And even then I was like, what the fuck is an AD? Right. And that's no knock against your AD. It's just it's like, right. I don't understand why I need this. Now we need them. Now we understand. Right. But it's, you know, those again, bigger projects, distro race, all of that. With with the select cuts, it's like I think it's nice that these 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 more frivolous titles and and, and the fun can be there, but also giving a home for a wider release for first-time filmmakers like our friend Mac. Right. I mean, he, I think it puts some filmmakers at an advantage that we did not have when we started out. I mean, true. Like, God, imagine all the thousands of dollars we could have saved if we just we had hadn't somebody. We had 1,500 copies of Midsummer Nightmares. I mean, <laughs> there, there's other ways we could have saved as well, but like. It's one of those things that we had nobody helping us. And when we sought out for help from other indie filmmakers at first, it was just, it was more of a sabotage thing to where they felt we were competition. Okay. Like, that's just how I feel about it. But, you know, it's years later now. We have tons of filmmaker friends. It just shows that, you know, indie indie horror really is like it's a family. It's a big ass family. A big, huge, loving, often dysfunctional, lovely family. Right. I mean, and we can get into that because we saw some of our filmmaker compatriots today, mm-hmm. which was nice. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll get into that when we get to that next part. But I'm really excited that we were able to conceptualize fully a way to do this for other filmmakers. Like real, I keep bringing it up, but really it's exciting for Mac because not only is it his first film, but I feel like in a way this is something nice to do for Mac, for someone who has supported us from the beginning. Right. And we also have something else we're doing later that we're doing for another filmmaker as another first time filmmaker as well within the next year or so. Right. Um, and I think that there needs to be more of that, Sean. I mean, you, when we decided to do that, which of course I, I have to be vague on purpose, but when we decided on doing that project, I was leery. You were the one that was like, no, I think this is important because we didn't have shit like this. We didn't right. have other filmmakers being like, oh, my God, let me help you. Let me make sure that your first film is is good, that you're right. giving a quality product. Is that something that you kind because you're involved with Barracuda somehow as well, right? I'm a producer. Okay. Are um, you going to be present on set or? Man, I wanted to, but 
Is that the weekend we're shooting in, um, that's, here in Kentucky? Yeah, I'm in yeah. Kentucky. I'm shooting in Kentucky, and then I'm shooting here. So it was like, I would have loved to have been there um, because I would have offered up our gear. Right. <laughs> like, I would have tried to give Mac the best possible thing. I think he's got it. I mean, I do. Right, like, right. Mac knows his shit. So, so um, which he sent me the script, and I read it this morning, and I love it. Yeah? Like, it's off the wall. Wait like, a second. You read a script? To be fair, it's only seven pages. Oh. Okay. So, does that mean you're going to read mine? <laughs> yes. I will read yours. It's seven pages. Um, so I, I need a for all you listening out there, Sean <laughs> is notorious for... We'll say, um, uh, I don't read scripts and scan. Like I will, a lot of the times I will go through, I will read the scene setup, and, and that's about it. As far as the dialogue, I just sometimes, well, generally the dialogue does not particularly influence necessarily your right anything i do yeah like as far as when i'm working on like your film or somebody else's film like i mean now in my films though when you don't read the script i do table reads and you listen in on table reads. right right so it's like i know what's going on one right. way or another like like specifically I'm, with failing grace you sat through two table reads kind of right so right you really knew the scenes and the dialogue by that point and all the rehearsals that was going on over here at the time. Right. So, well, that's great that you really like Max script. I'm not, I, even if he asked me, I probably wouldn't read it because I want to be surprised when I see Max script or his short. Like I really want to see it through fresh eyes. I want to throw a movie out there that it reminds me vaguely of. Okay. I was a teenage werebear. I mean, is there gay stuff in it? No, oh. no. Imagine like a straight version of I was a teenage werebear. Okay. I mean, then I'll love it because I love like, I was a teenage werebear. It was just. But I loved Chillerama. Right. It's 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 a funnier. Yeah. Like we're totally. Which not it kind of breaks fourth wall soon. a little bit. Oh, really? So. Well, don't give away too many details. Yeah. Max short now. He ain't going to listen either. You can't be having him drive up from the hills (laughs) to kick your ass. He wouldn't drive up here. Right. (laughs) So, yes, select cuts. We have all kinds of things planned for that sub-label of Concept Media Films. Um, I know know of a few things that are probably going to be Mm -hmm. released under that. Um, And I would be interested in making something specifically just to go into that that collection because I, you know, my features obviously are always very not what we would put in select cuts. Right. So it's like, okay, well then if there's a home for it, there's a place for it. Exactly. Cool. So I guess we will all see what we see with select cuts as it continues to progress and grow as well as all of the features and things that we have going at concept media films with, don't fuck in the woods too. We have Betsy seeing distribution right now. She has a release date. When is that, Sean? Do we know? Uh, for Betsy? Yeah. No, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. I can't even tell who's. Di- I can't publicly say who's putting it out yet. But 
It's coming. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Probably in February. Failing Grace is out doing the film festival submission thing right now. So I look forward to proffering more updates as far as that's concerned. And then, you know, we have the, the features that we talked about as well as She Burns in Hell, my Carrie White fan film. So, ooh, coffee. Coffee's done. <laughs> so I guess that beep can just be our segue into tonight's talk. So we're going to let's review Horror Hound and then we're going to do our little unboxing here because, Sean, you purchased two of the mystery boxes from the Fright Night. I was just thinking a family guy the whole time. Right. You're like, <laughs> mystery boxes. Because did you hear me say that to you? And you're yeah. like, I'm going to get the mystery box. And I was like, hop in. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to unbox those and see what kind of goodies that Sean brought back from the Fright Night table. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, today, 12.30 p.m., we rolled up to... Horror Hound Indianapolis at its brand new location at the JW Marriott Hotel in downtown Indianapolis. Yes, we did. I was very impressed with the property. I work in hotels, so it's like I always <laughs> kind of evaluating what I see as far as a hotel goes. It was a nice joint. It was. It was very nice. And I feel like Horror Hound show flowed very seamlessly. It was very smooth. Didn't seem to be a lot of um, issues or anything like that. So that was good. Right. And um, so what did you do at the top of your day at Horror Hound, Sean? Um, well. Because we split up for a while. We, w- when we split up, it was in the middle of me talking to an elevator full of people about don't fuck would in the Would you like me to tell you what happened after you got off the elevator? Yes, <laughs> I would. Because I'm sitting there and they're like, one lady saw I had something and she was like, I'll take one. So I was like, here you go. I made a movie called Don't Fuck in the Woods. And then like three people were like, oh. Well, because you said you were in the middle of the elevator and you said, hi, everybody. (laughs) And she said, "Okay, entertain us. So you mistakenly got off the elevator. Yeah, because I didn't know the doors open because I just came in and didn't turn around. I wanted to face everybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the elevator had stopped and the doors were open. So I thought this was where we were getting off. So I got out because people looked like they were trying like wanting to get in. Nope. Wrong floor to begin with. <laughs> and then we got separated because... Well, I was on my way to do my things. So. Right. So... Well, you got off the elevator and they all were like, oh my God, I can't believe that was the guy that made Don't Fuck in the Woods. Like, I've seen that movie and the girl, the lady that talked to you, she was like, well, I did say entertain us and, I, and he did. And they all were just like giggling and it's like, I didn't even try to step in and like... <laughs> talk about it or anything because I mean they acted like they were in the fucking elevator with Tom Savini or something <laughs> like <laughs> the impression was made yes so they got off um from there um I went to help my dear friend Jessica Dwyer who is a contributing writer to Horror Hound magazine she is an a rusted in at this point fixture at the conventions and she's also um the creator and hostess of Fangirl Radio, which is another podcast that I frequently co-host, guest co-host with her. So she asked me to uh, come and help her with the panel for Stephen King's It. So today I got to uh, help. I was the Mike bitch. That was my title. It's called MC. 
mic bitch. And I took it around, you know, and just made sure that we got as many questions as we could. There were um, most of the Losers Club on hand. I think we were missing Finn Wolfhard, who is Richie. There was not Jaden. I can't pronounce his last name, uh, but he plays Bill Denbrough. And then there was, and Sophia Lillis, Beverly, she wasn't there. But the other five were. I just, you know, not talking too much about it just to stay stuck on it. They were wonderful kids. They were just as delightful and um, charismatic in person as they are, as those characters that they play. Very mature kids. And I saw their moms, which was cool too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, did that for about an hour, and then we met back up and just kind of futzed about a little bit um, at at the show. Yeah. Went and saw our friends. You... Did you have a couple conversations with Mr. Brian Williams today? Yeah, I ran into him a couple times. Um, who is Brian Williams for all of our listeners? Uh, Brian Williams has been uh, a part of such films as Space Babes from Outer Space, um, Headless, um, Amazon Hotbox. That's the new one, Amazon Hotbox. Yeah, he was uh, uh, a producer, and I believe he edited that film as well as... Uh, Indeed. AD and he was in it. Yeah. So, um, multifaceted guy. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, we had a couple conversations, uh, talking about camera gear, you know, it's nerding, n- nerding. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that because you I don't, don't often get to do that. Right. It's like anytime I start to nerd out about a camera, it's either to you or Scotty and, you're kind of like, oh, cool. Well, I listen to what you have to say. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's cool. But Scott's like, well, now what about this? Right. What but, about that? but does it do this? And I'm like, cameras don't do that, Scott. But now just saying. Uh, right. <laughs> Will this look like something on the CW or not? I can't believe he said that shit last night. Like. <laughs> um, this looks like something on the CW. <laughs> right. Um, I also, I didn't catch the guy's name, but I stopped a guy. Or stopped to talk to that guy right as we were leaving, who was walking around. He had the DJI Ronin S with a Canon, uh, I believe it was the C100 on it, which is a more heavy camera. To where I w- that's why I stopped him because I was like, <gasps> I couldn't. I, I was actually, I saw you look at that thing before you were like, I'm going to go over here, and I'm really shocked that you could lean down and talk to him with your boner. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was more of a kickstand at that point. Um, but, like, he let me hold it. He did? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it weighed a lot. Not the boner. The Ronin. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking um, about. But if, if you're saying it weighed a lot, like, I'm just trying to imagine you holding it for an extended period of time. Quit thinking about boners. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But, no, it was one of those things because we have issues with Ronins because we rock the uh, Black Magic Pocket or the Black Magic Micro uh, with broken on lenses, which means uh, the lenses are heavier than the damn camera. So, um, we've been looking for something that will, uh, some, some form of three-axis gimbal stabilization that we can add weight to. So it's like the weight limit on that, I believe he said, was um, 11 pounds. So that's that's pretty nice. And I believe that would 
um, I believe we could work with one of those. So I'm very interested in finding a way to possibly rent one when they're available for that stage of Things. marketing. Yeah, cool. Speaking of filmmakers, I got to meet one today that I was very, very excited to meet. I, You're smart. I am. You're I am. Smile. I am. And I don't care if he hears this or whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, I was being a total fangirl today. I wanted to meet Drew Marvick in person. Oh, I know. I was surprised because you did such a great job of hiding your boner. I did. I brought my huge <laughs> notebook. But seriously, like, I, I have a lot of respect for Drew because I do adore Pool Party Massacre. Um, I don't think that that movie's tagline lied at all or this whole, like, this is an 80s horror movie. Like, right. I felt that aesthetic and that vibe. And Drew's just adorable. And he's really great in person. Like, he is so personable and nice to everybody. Like, every person that came up to that table when we were standing there, he looked in the eye and thanked. Right. And I think that that means a lot to people when they're interacting with someone that... Um, you know, that they know made a movie or that they respect, like he was just so gracious. And so, cause in his photos with that beard and sometimes he looks kind of sadistic. Right. You're photo. expecting like a big manly voice. And no, here's just this guy. Like, Oh, thank you so He's much. He's like, sup dude. Right. Like, and like, you're like <laughs> damn it. So <laughs> Drew was awesome. If you are hearing this, sir, you have a big gay fangirl who just was so excited to meet you today. And I hope I, hid that excitement very well because I was blushing on the inside. <laughs> um, so we got to meet Drew. Well, I got to meet Drew. You got to see him again. You saw Brian. We got to see some of um, your Don't Fuck 2 cast. They were walking about. Yes. Uh, yes. Kaylee Willie Williams. It was so nice to meet her finally. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember what I called her on set. I don't think you can say what you called those girls on set. In fear of some sort what of... What the fuck are you talking about? Well, it was not exactly a politically correct acronym. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm not talking about that. Oh. That would be all three of the girls. Um, No, but Kaylee... Um, oh, God. It was like... Super skinny, uber froggy short shit or something because it's like she had these little energy bursts that she was just like, <laughs> like <laughs> and then she had times where she was like, <sighs> so well, I did, you know, I, I have a good idea of who was in that movie. I don't understand how Kaylee slipped past me because I've heard that name so many times, but it was really nice to meet her meet one of the people that I don't know from your cast. Right. She was real sweet. Mm-hmm. So, real, and you've always spoke very highly of her, so it was cool meeting somebody from your film. Because um, I was not able to be on the set of Don't Fuck 2. So, who else did we see today? Um, I ran into uh, John Leeper. Johnny McCobb. Who is a producer, right? Um, he he, produ he helped produce uh, Don't Fuck in the Woods, Betsy, Don't Fuck in the Woods 2. Um, Season's Greetings, right? See, I can't remember. I feel like that's when I started hearing that name. I think he was finding us funds for Season's Greetings. Okay. Um, 
which I'm sorry I did not get to meet you, sir. I was not with Sean, but if you are listening, uh, thank you so much for your support and everything that you do to help make Concept Media have some great releases. We are very appreciative of that. And very. I hope that uh, you continue to work with us. Um, but I, I ran into him, and um, I, I didn't catch a lot of information. I've heard about it, but there's a Jason Goes to Hell documentary being made, mm-hmm. and he is a a part of it. Right. And he, like, I, I didn't, I wasn't prepared um, for, uh, like, an interview. Like, he set up a camera and everything, and, like... Uh, interviewed me and asked me questions about uh, Jason Goes to Hell and what I thought about it, how I felt about it. So, um, that was cool. That was cool. I wasn't expecting it. And part of me was like, oh, Jesus. I Like, as he was setting the camera up, I was like, I haven't seen that movie in, like, fucking ten years. <laughs> but then I I'm like... the last time I watched it was when you gave me your copy on VHS six years ago. <laughs> right, right. Like... But then I was, I like, as he's setting it up, I was, like, thinking, I was like, okay, yeah, I remember this movie, like, so. Cool. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. And then uh, I walked around, I looked at a lot of masks. Yeah. I did that for a while. We saw The Mask. We saw The Mask. The Mask. Um, it is the screen-used Michael Myers mask in the upcoming Halloween film. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I sent a, a picture to Tori Jones. Let me look on my phone to. Are you going to quote him? To, I'm going to quote him. I'm going to quote him because it it was good. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I wonder how much Tara would appreciate that. Right. Hey, Miss Jones. Oh. Hi, Mrs. Jones. I've never met you, but I hear you're quite lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's. That's one of the. Th- that's all you did. Um, I saw some of my friends from the convention. Um, I saw Billy Zane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I celeb spotting. That's what I was doing because Horror Hound had a really good lineup mm-hmm. this year, and um, one of my favorites was Drew's neighbor. What, uh, somebody's name that I use as a slam a lot in our house. But Lori Petty. Lori Petty. And she was just as... I didn't talk to her, but just watching her from afar, she was the zany, crazy, lovely person I thought she would be. It was like seeing Tank Girl 20 years later. <laughs> and... uh well, I, I I did get to live out a little childhood fantasy today because I got to didn't meet her, but I did get to see Shando, the fabulous mm-hmm. Shannon Doherty, and she looked wonderful. It was like seeing Prue Hallowell standing right there. <laughs> it was so cool. I mean, growing up, I watched Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and I was <laughs> obsessed with Brenda Walsh. So seeing her was just kind of like a little. Six-year-old me was screaming inside, and you're like, oh, go talk to her. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> like, if she's an old friend. Go say hi. So, Horrorhound really did a great job this year. The layout, the guest list, everything was really nice. And um, it did not appear that a lot of messy behavior was happening, because from 
according to my sources, a lot of um, the drinks and everything, like everything was really expensive at the hotel. Mm -hmm. So I think that really curbed um, out of line things. Because when we go to these conventions, it doesn't matter if it's Horror Hound, if it's any of them. Sometimes you just see... um, we get lots of shows. Right. <laughs> so I didn't see any of those, that tomfoolery happening this year. And it was just a real clean, nice show. And um, I didn't see a drunk person. I didn't either. Like, it was weird. <laughs> I mean, not to sound like. No, but it, I but mean, it was yeah, strange. Because like, usually there's somebody who's already tanked by 1230. Right. And there didn't seem to be any of that happening. So it was just cool to see everyone come out. And, it, you know, just they were there for the show. Right. It used to be about the party, and I'm glad to see that it's not about the party anymore. So that's cool. Um, I also ran into uh, Charlie Cargill. Okay. Is that how you pronounce his last name? I really don't know. I think it's Cargyle. Okay. But But are you just churching it up? No, there's an E at the end. (laughs) True. So um, how was Charlie? Good. Um. I think he may have been a little tired. Um, we didn't talk a whole lot, but I gave him a copy of Brittany Blanton's Breaking Vera uh, because he was the per- first person to review it. So me and Brittany talked today, and it's like I was going to see him, so it's like he should get the first copy. Yeah. So we, we gave him and the first of copy. Speaking Breaking Vera, we saw Halka. Yes, Halka. Yes. Yeah. Which is, it's always weird because you've met him, you've worked with him. I've not. I've only talked to him online. So when you see these people in person, he was exactly like I thought he'd be, which is good. Right. Yeah. Like he was just very like composed and, but he was also there with his family too. So. Oh no. I mean, that's how he was on that's set. That's how he was all like, the time. Just cool comic. That's him. At yep. all times. At all times. I wish I had that. So that's a testament to him, and I would really like to work with him. So, and he he gives a damn good performance. You guys can't hear me shaking my head, but I'm agreeing with Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he gives a damn good performance in Breaking Bira, I think personally. So, well, Sean, at the end of the day, after we were done visiting with our lovely friend and previous Concept Media podcast guest Charlotte Casper, she was there as well at the yes. Gore, at the Gore Girls booth. Um, she was right next to the Fright Night booth. Right. And uh, we will get to this now. Sean, why don't you go ahead and start with your, what's in your monster shop of horrors? Um, I'm, I'm just going to give a shout out to the gorgeous girls. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, Eric Littlefield, uh, because they are, um, they contributed something for the filming of Don't Fuck in the Woods 2. Awesome. So uh, guys, stay tuned and you'll you'll see that. But, oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> yeah, Charlotte, she's great. She's hung out with us mm-hmm. a couple times. I may have a crush on her, but, you know, uh, it's one They're of called crushes things. for a reason. What's that reason? That's they just crush curiosity. you. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, if that if that's a thing, she's going to do it in the nicest way possible. She's such a sweet girl. Right. So, And I can't wait to keep working with her. Right. Um. She's agreed to participate in a few things we have coming up. Mm-hmm. And so please look forward to more from Charlotte Casper. She is a stunning young woman. 
and she is just a consummate professional and you definitely want to keep your eye on her. If you have not checked it out, she is on the episode previous to this one. She was our guest. So we got to sit down and have a little chat with her. It was good seeing her today. And so can we get and these fucking well, boxes well, well, yet? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's promote her a tiny bit. Yes. Because where'd it go? She has a page. Um, yes, yeah, she has a... Um, a blog. Yes, a blog as well as... Um, I believe she has, yeah, she has some of her photos from her photo shoots. Um, it is officialcharlottecasper.wordpress.com. Um, you can also find her on, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, just search, uh, Charlotte Casper and, uh, yeah, check her out and support independent artists. Uh, she's also an actress. Uh, she, I can't believe I always forget this. But she was in Don't Fuck in the Woods. Yes. Um, she was the, you know, random couple that you find just in a tent in the woods. Mm-hmm. Because shit happened. Right. Um, so. <laughs> Things went down. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. On to the Fright Night boxes. So, what are these? I mean. I do- really don't know. I know I know. It's it's one of those things. Anytime that I see a Fright Night booth at any convention. I stop. I like Fright Night. I like Ken, Myra. Like, Tell our listeners about like what Fright Night's booths do, because they have their own convention right, in they, Louisville, right? Yes. Okay. And um, basically, they go to other conventions, and it's like um, they will have, like, they have this spinning wheel where you give them 10 bucks, you spin the wheel, whatever number it lands on, you get that number. And it's normally some sort of autographed memorabilia mm-hmm. from uh, an actor, like... So it's it's pretty neat. Um, um, but that's where sorry to interrupt you, but is that where you got my eleven by seventeen piece of carry art yes. that I have in my room? Yes. Okay. Um And my Elvira that I'm looking at right now. Isn't that where yeah. she came from? No. No? No. Or did you just get that somewhere? I just uh I got that like in a bundle of um stills or something. No, it was from the same place that I got these. Oh, okay. You got me something else really cool from the Fright Night table before. Probably. I, I mean, literally, yeah. I always spend money at the Fright Night table. Because they got cool stuff. Right. So, I have never bought one of these boxes. I want to say they've only been doing this for like a year now. And um, I saw people going out with these when we were coming right, in. There was right. like somebody that had like three of these motherfucking things in their arms. And I was like, what is this? Right. Did not know it was Fright Night. Okay, so you're gonna open your box first. Why? Because I want I want to see you open it. Like I want you hold the stuff up though, so I can okay. see it. So we already cut the tape. <gasps> oh my god! It this better not cute. be a small shirt. No, it's cute. <laughs> okay, so we have scene stills, like cells from Halloween Five. Ooh, I don't have any of the those. The Revenge of Michael Myers. Holy shit! I and can add that to my be... collection. Ooh, you've got a... Oh, it's Dr. Loomis. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> All right, I'll pass that over to you. So, um, screen cells, film cells from Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. I know some girls who shop at Hot Topic who are going to be really jealous of you right now because look at this adorable plushie. It's the mayor from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I think it's cute as shit. 
cute as shit. So there's that. Oh, Sean Burkett. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. It's the Monster Squad. Oh, shit. So, so it's stuff I like this, this far. This is stuff you like so far. So this is a 8x10 um, print of what appears to be a Monster Squad comic book cover. But it is by Nathan Thomas Milliner. Would you like to, uh, who did the carry art that we were talking about just a little bit ago? Nathan. So that's right there. Um, there's this rolled up poster. So I'm going to open it. That's cool. And it is. <laughs> I think you're going to like this too. These are very similar to like the loot crate boxes. This and is stuff perfect like for you. I'm sorry, but it is a poster for Stay Out of the Woods. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> but look at that up there. These bitches are witches. Right. <laughs> so this is totally right up your alley, Sean. Yeah, we'll keep. All that, like, in the, the one box. I think the best one so far is the st the cells that just fell. Did the cells fall? No, the cells are there. There's a bag, a tote. I told you there was books in right, there. Right, like, I was like, this is heavy. It's a book. But I like books. Comic books. Oh, just, you can just pass them this way. So you have hardcore. No clue what that is. Omen. Normal man. Freak out. Rust. Archer and Armstrong. Now we're getting to some things you may like. Okay. I'm like. <laughs> we have a variant cover comic from Green Lanterns. Okay. X Factor. Okay. DC Comics, The Demon. Hmm. I love this. I used to read this comic when I was a kid. Deathmate. Cool. So you got a slew of comics. The film sells. Is that it? Yes. Okay. That is it for the box. Came with a tote, too. Um, you got the film sells, that Monster Squad cover, these comics. A poster. The poster. And a tote. And the, and the the plushie. Yeah. Here, put those back in the box when you get a chance. So I'm going to grab uh, this other box because... They were two for 25. Yeah. And that's a deal. Like, I feel that... Can I just hold this for a minute? Like, between the plushie and the film stuff... I mean, honestly, the film cell... Made it for you. Those were 20 bucks. Like, to buy those individually. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's like... And you have Boom. cells from oh, I've the got, original Halloween, I've got right? cells from the original Halloween and then both of Rob Zombie's versions. Mm -hmm. We'll say versions. Attempts. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Box number two. Box number two. Oh, make sure you hold these up. I will. Because you want to see. Yes. Yeah. Eventually, one day, I think we're going to... Uh, upgrade this podcast and have video as well. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, so people can look at us sitting here with all of our fucking Funkos. Right. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start with with what's on top. Okay. Just posters. A poster. It's a poster. It's rolled up. Oh, God, they just know me. 
It's a it's some sort of bloody werewolf by Nathan Thomas Milner. I like that a lot. Right. That's like, really pretty. You should frame that. They know me. It's it's werewolf. Mm -hmm. Cool. So that's poster one. There's another one in here. Yeah. Which is another Nathan Thomas Milner print, and it is uh, like a uh, it's Frankenstein. It's cool, but it really reminds me of Josh Miller's display image where he's superimposed into the Frankenstein. Right. <laughs> uh, so, thus far, two 11 by 17 posters. Awesome. Um, film stills. Of? Um, which I have one film still from this movie, but Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, cool. Um, this one is... Is it Miko? This one's Heather Langenkamp. She's drinking coffee, the one morning scene mm -hmm. uh, in the kitchen. Um, and then this is another he Heather Langenkamp. Um, that'd kind of be towards, I believe that's like the day after uh, the like earthquake thing. Is it when the tongue comes through the phone? Um, it looks like that could have been r right after this. They're mm -hmm. in the kitchen. Is the sitter in there? I love the sitter. No. Here, you want to look at those? Sure. And then, oh, wow. I may give this to you. Okay. Because I feel like this is something kind of up your alley. Okay. Um, it's a book. I love books. It's Leonard Starr's Mary Perkins on stage. And it's, it's actually a comic book. Um... And it ran from 63 to 64. This is volume six. I mean, this is a, a big comic book, but it's like all 40s and like 50s style. Oh, I love stuff like that. Of comic. So I think that you would enjoy that regardless. Oh, cool. And then last we have, which this is Ken's store, The Nerdy Planet. Okay. So um, there it is are some more comic books. Ooh, X-Factor with Havoc. Oh, nice. Um, we've got a Teen Titans number seven. Don't show that to the boys. Hey, what was that uh, That Green... Green Lanterns? Oh, that was Green Lantern. <coughs> Pardon me. Here is a... Wow, um, a Green Arrow comic, but it has Harley Quinn on the front. Oh, cool. So, that's is, neat. Is that New 52, Harley? Um, it doesn't say New 52 on it, because hmm. there for a while they were saying New 52. Right. Um, we have a uh, comic of Superman and Wonder Woman. That looks badass. Which, this is new 52 for sure. And then a, um, yeah, see, they say new 52 at the top. Then a, uh, Superman action comics, uh, yeah, comic issue number seven of the new 52. So. Cool. Um, Connor, might, Connor might like some of them. Right, right. Yeah. And that, that's what's great, because, like. All of this will be kept. Right. Like, it's one of those things, like, 
you know some ki- of it's stolen but r- somebody will keep it right it's like the kids will like the comics the comics mm-hmm. um you love all your posters i mean you got some good art right and the film sells like mm-hmm. can i keep this plushie um no why because i'm gonna put it with my collection you don't like nightmare before christmas how don't i the kids do mm-hmm. uh-huh i might give you a film style though I know why you're keeping this plushie. We'll talk about that off the air. Huh? So. Okay. Anything else? No, I, th- I think that's about it. Uh, overall, Horror Hound mm-hmm. was good. Uh, got to hang with some good people, make some contacts. Um, I embarrassed myself in front of a filmmaker. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> you did embarrass yourself. Like... Um, <laughs> Justin, I, I, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. I'm just reading it, or was reading it, but uh, Justin Seaman, who directed uh, the Barn, or who who made the Barn, um, was at the Scream Team uh, releasing booth uh, with Drew Marvick, and. Um, I, I was told that that was Justin Russell and I was like, oh, well, Justin Russell made the sleeper. And like, that was one of the first like indie films that I ever saw. So like, I was like, man, I, I, your film like was fucking awesome. Like the part where, you know, she gets beat in the face with a hammer and they just kind of look at me like, that's the other Justin. And I'm like, (sighs) Like, I felt so bad. The first thing I said was, I have the barn, too. <laughs> like, I just... But did he seem upset, or did they just kind of look at you and kind of giggle? Like, no, no, uh-huh. no. Like, he w- it wasn't the first time it had happened. Mm. Like, I, probably to that extent with me going into, like, mm-hmm. that scene. But then he was like, no, I was the same way when I saw that scene. Like, it's part of the reason why I got into filmmaking. And it was like... From the sleeper? Yeah. Cool. So it was one of those things where we kind of like, at, at least I salvaged something. Right, I got turned around. Yeah, I got yeah. turned around. So it was like, cool. Fuck. I'm sorry. Here's some movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. Like, I was like, check this out. You might like this. This is my earlier stuff. Was that when I was watching Lori Patty? Yeah. Okay. Because, <laughs> because they, had, they had heard of Don't Fuck in the Woods and mm-hmm. they got a copy earlier in the day. Um, so it was just, and I, and I got a copy. Ooh, grab, what all movies did I get? You got The Blob, the 90 remake. Yes. You got Ticks. Yep. And you got Fright Night 2. Yes. And you almost got Orca. The original Fright Night 2. Yes. On Blu-ray. I just got, you know. Not the second remake of Fright Night. Right, right. Because that's pretty much what Fright Night 2, the new one, was, right? It was just a loose, complete rehashing of Fright Night. Right. Um, But I was also able to get a hold of, one second, I can't remember what it's called, and I'm so bad with... Well, and didn't you get Pool Party Massacre on VHS? Yes, Drew... uh, Did he sign it? Drew hooked me up. No, it's not signed. Um, uh, When I got there... And, and we ran into Drew. Um, one of his buddies, like, kind of kidnapped his copy of Don't Fuck in the Woods. Um, 
stole it. Yeah, b- basically stole it. So I gave him a copy, and then I had a couple copies of the big box VHFs left. And I thought, you know, Drew put his film I out. I saw his eyes when you handed him that, and they got real big. Right, like, I'd, he wasn't He's expecting like, it. So I was like, you know, it's it's been like, what, shit, two years since I've seen Drew. Almost. Because Pool Party Massacre and Don't Fuck in the Woods premiered at the same festival in New York, so... Um, you know, it was great to catch up with him, but, um, he, you know, I bought a t-shirt and he threw in a VHS, so it was cool. Right on. And the t-shirts look good. The VHS looks good. Those <laughs> posters were sexy. Right. I'm trying to remember the name of the other movie I got because Scream Team hasn't released it yet and it's not on their site. I want to say it's called The Witching Hour. I could be wrong. I'm really not sure. Well, we can talk about it on our next podcast. Because we're going to watch a lot of movies. Yes. Um, And, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, well, I really don't have anything else to add about my day at Horror Hound. Do you? No. Overall, good time. Yeah. Uh, Um, I will. I would like to give a special shout out to a couple of our friends over at Horror Hound, who were very gracious in making sure that Sean and I were able to attend today. And oh, that yes. was, um, again, I mentioned her before, Miss Jessica Dwyer, contributing writer to Horror Hound magazine. She um, runs and writes Fangirl magazine, and she is the hostess with the mostest on uh, Fangirl Radio. And then our other friend, who is um, very, um, very, very involved with the Horror Hound Film Festival. And she has been in a couple of films for me, and that is Miss Audrey Lane. Um, she was just gracious today, and she had Mr. Burkett's back. And Audrey, we thank you, as always, for that and for your help on our films. And I love you. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess with that being said, we will go ahead and wrap it up for the night. And uh, we will see everybody next time on the Concept Media Podcast. And until then, I'm Ryan Stacy. And I am Sean Burkett. Bye.